Hello, and welcome back to Post Traumatic Revelations. I am your host, Ofra Caraballo. And in today's episode, we are talking about the value in the valley. Our lives are made up of peaks and valleys. And of course, there are those ups and downs, heels and bumps along the way. But we tend to celebrate the peaks, the highs. We tend to anticipate those successes and the joys. And on the other end, we tend to condemn, avoid, judge, and even dread the lows and those valleys. So I'm inviting us to take a closer look at the values that can be found in the valleys. Let's zoom in a little closer into those lows. What makes us condemn, avoid, judge, or dread the low points of our lives? Well, for starters, the obvious, they don't feel so good. The darkness, the sadness, the pain, the loss, the cold, the exposure, the raw emotional and psychological woundedness. I mean, who wouldn't dread that, right? Who wouldn't avoid or reject a place that we consider to be dark and cold? Don't we all? prefer the highs, right? Don't we all prefer the sunny peaks and hills, the high ground, the advantages of the vast views, the ability to see far out in the foresight, the safety, the support that comes with success, the prestige, the security, We tend to equate high and peaks with safety and security, but there can be no peaks without valleys, no highs without lows, no joy without sadness, no love without hate or fear, no peace without war, and no hope without despair and certainly no healing if there was no trauma. So there's this element of contrast that is necessary for growth, right? Contrast is what gives our experiences meaning. The low valleys are only low and dark in contrast to the highs and brightness of the peaks. Loss and sadness are only painful in contrast to the fullness, the joy of what we want of what we once had. 
And if you get a text, for example, say you get a text from some random number you don't even recognize saying, we're done. Don't ever contact me again. It really means nothing. But if that same text came from your best friend or your lover, it would mean something completely different. It would feel completely different. One minute, you're writing the highs of a loving, fulfilling, supportive friendship, a loving, fulfilling, supportive partnership. You're feeling loved and belong to someone, with someone, and just one text later, there's this sinking feeling, this tumbling down into the valley to loss or despair. And the only reason you feel so different is because of the meaning given to each state of being. What do the peaks mean to you? What does it mean to be at the top of your game? Who are you on those high peaks? What does it mean to make straight A's, to have the corner office, to make six figures or more? What does it mean to be successful what does it say about you if you're the best student, the best lawyer, the best doctor, the best agent, the best executive? What does it mean if you're the best parent? What does it say about you that you have been judged with such high esteem and by contrast, what does it mean to fall? What does it mean to fail? To make a mistake, to lose something or someone, who are you then in the valley? What does it say about you if you get a C or an F? What does it say about you if you are fired or demoted? What does it mean if you make the wrong move that costs something valuable? How are you judged when you're less than the best? When you're less than happy, less than cheerful, less than hopeful? How are you judged when you're not strong? Who are you when you're in the valley? about being in the valley is there's nowhere to go but up.
But first, before you rush to get out of the valley or roll over and just completely give up, before you make any drastic decisions, first, we must just be where we are. Be in the valley. We must first allow ourselves to be, to feel, to assess, to address the loss, the pain, and the inevitable and inherent strength. See, there is so much to gain, so much to learn, so many benefits to being in the valley. And I know that sounds weird, but there's value to be seen, to be had, to absorb. In the darkness is where all of life starts and where life can start over. Think about it. In every seed, for every seed, human, animal, or plant, every seed starts in the dark. And while in the darkness, there's work to do, right? The seed must be in the dark, orient itself, right? Assess, address, and orient itself toward the light. In the darkness, the seed must crack and break open to start to grow and then move toward the light. So much needs to happen in the deep, dark, cold valley before we can return to those hills and eventually to the peaks. But first, we must do the necessary work in the valley. And before it can nurture us or support us, we must allow ourselves to be. We must give ourselves permission to be still, to look around, to feel around, to assess what's going on. And believe it or not, you already have everything you need, everything you need to start again. Earlier in this episode, I posed the question, who are you when you're at the top on those peaks? And then I asked, who are you when you're at the bottom in those valleys? I do love a good loaded question. And the reason I ask these questions specifically is because There's this part of you, there's this part of you that is untouchable, unshakable, unchangeable, the essence of you, 
There's this part of you that can't be bought or sold. There is this place that nothing and no one can touch. It is what you're made of, unchangeable, right? That you are not the relationship that you're in. You're not your relationship status. You're not your financial or economic status. You're not your academic status. You're not your professional status. These are judgments that we assign meaning to, and then we respond mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and behaviorally to these labels. And there's nothing like judgment, guilt, and shame to keep us trapped, feeling hopeless and powerless in the valleys. And so tapping into that untouchable part of you, the essence of you, can also allow this kind of peace in the valley. And that may sound cliche or religious or spiritual, but we're the only living thing that I can think of that resist the darkness, that resist the starting again, that delay or reject the starting again. And that's because we have the ability to judge, to feel guilty, to feel shame. And it slows down our growth. It slows down our expansion. And I'm not even sure when it starts, right? Because when we're born, we're not feeling judgment, guilt, or shame. We just try, right? When you think about a little baby learning how to walk, learning how to feed themselves, they just try and try. And it doesn't matter how clumsy it looks or how messy it looks because they don't even have those words. There's just the drive to be more, to expand. And it's not until later that we learn about embarrassment or judgment or guilt or shame and we hesitate to try, we hesitate to grow, we hesitate to try again after loss, after failure. We know that, oh, it's gonna hurt or I might lose or whatever those reasons are. But before we have that ability to consciously judge it, we just try. And the valleys aren't as deep, aren't as dark, aren't as painful until we get older and become more attached to the status to the meanings we give to what's good or bad or success or failure, right? So that judgment for better or worse 
can really hinder and delay and blind us to the values in the valley. so easy to celebrate and judge being at the top. We say things like, great job, you're at the top of your game, or great job, you're at the top of the charts, or the peak of excellence, right? So we judge those peaks as good, or saying things like, I was down and out. Your performance has declined. Your value has declined. You're lower on the charts. The value has dropped. And we assign these to negative connotations. My point is that consciously or unconsciously, We've assigned negative meanings to our emotions. And when we assign those negative meanings, we have the negative behaviors, right? They follow so that the lows of life are rejected, dreaded, devalued, and the highs are celebrated and highly valued. The thing is, no feeling is useless. No pain is wasted. Nothing is ever really lost, only transformed. When I say nothing, I mean nothing of meaning, right? Like, yeah, you can lose a car, but the essence of who you are, that's never lost. Emotions let us know that we care. Emotions let us know that we're alive and invested in the results of what we're doing in our lives and the results of the test, the job, the relationship. Our emotions let us know that we care, right? You don't feel sad, mad, angry, or anxious if you didn't first feel hopeful and glad and happy and safe and content and fulfilled. Look, you have one heart. And in that heart is an entire world. I often talk to my clients about being the king or queen of their world, their kingdom or queendom as it were. And the point is, we are all sovereign rulers of our hearts, of our world. No one else can feel the way you feel, love the way you love, hurt the way you hurt, 
No one else can hope the way you hope or fear the way you fear. And no one else can grow the way you grow. We have one heart. And in that heart, there are peaks and valleys, hills, rivers, streams, brick walls, windows, hope, despair. In your queendom or your kingdom or your nation, there are castles and shacks and meadows and caves. There are prisons, dance halls, light places and dark places, places where you mourn and cry, places where you celebrate and laugh. In your sovereign heart and mind, in your world, there are raging rivers and deep, calm lakes. There are meadows, hills, mountains. There are locked basements and there are swinging doors. There are places that you freely share with others and there are places that you dare not speak about. In your heart, in the deepest parts of you, there is the capacity to love fiercely and hate ferociously. We have the ability to heal, right? In every single one of us, we have darkness of the valleys and we have the light of the peaks. There is value in the valleys. And so often, the deeper, the richer the soil, the bigger and the taller the trees, the deeper the valleys, the higher the potential for peaks. And we can climb with one choice at a time, giving ourselves permission to turn pain into purpose, to value where we are, assess where we are. And like all other living things, we have the ability to orient toward the light and grow. Ever wonder where 
islands come from? Or oak trees? I mean, some oak trees are so big, you can't see around them. But think about it. The unseen work that turns a little bitty acorn into this magnificent oak tree. This little acorn in the dark with everything it needs to shift and change and become the oak tree. Or think about the unseen work that turns magma deep, dark, in the core of the earth, moving up through the deep, dark oceans to become islands that we live on and enjoy magnificent riches, the vegetation, the fruit, the food. And think about the microscopic microscopic sperm and egg that became you, right? You couldn't even see it with a naked eye, yet somehow everything that was needed to make you was already in that little drop of snot, just knowing. And while like the oak tree or the Pacific Islands, You're now bigger and you are still alive and still growing and you still have inside of you everything you need, all the love, all the hope, all the wisdom, all of that internal knowing, all of the courage, the strength, you have everything you need. to grow. It's already inside of you, but you must give yourself permission. Yeah, that again. (laughs) Permission to break open, permission to surrender, permission to tap into the strength, the courage, the wisdom, You are the king of your kingdom. You are the queen of your queendom. You are the sovereign ruler of your heart and mind. Your free will, it's guaranteed by the same energy that beats your heart, by the same energy that moves mountains You are both the warden and the prisoner, the ruler and the servant. You're the winner and the loser. You're the lover and the brokenhearted. And you must give yourself permission to win, to lose with grace. 
You must give yourself permission to succeed and to fail, to surrender and to try again without judgment, without guilt, without shame. Giving yourself permission to enjoy the peaks and rest, surrender, and recover in the valleys. Everything you need to climb to the top, you'll find in the valleys. I invite you to look and find the value in your valleys, in your darkness, in your sadness, in your pain. I invite you to consider that there can be purpose to your pain, light, hope, healing, growth, and freedom with your permission and only with your permission. I thank you again for your time, your attention, and your permission. And until next time, be well.